Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over half a million times in over 145 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 216 of the Australian Hiker Podcast, and in this week's episode, we talk about the Canberra Summits Walk, an urban adventure of our own creation. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice, so that each episode is available as soon as it's published, and if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. It's Easter 2022 and I was supposed to be finishing off the remaining sections of the human hovel track, but things didn't go to plan. I discovered too late that a large number of Australians were travelling after three interrupted years due to bushfires and COVID, and as such, many of the campsites that I needed to use were fully booked out and also very full. So a change of plan was required. My preference is to do hikes that are a bit more secluded, or at least not so crowded, so I opted to swap my planned Easter hike with a long-distance urban hike that I originally had intended on doing in May. This hike falls into two main categories. Firstly, it's an urban hike, taking in my hometown city of Canberra. And secondly, it's very much a choose-your-own-adventure rather than a formal trail. While I've been thinking about this walk for around 12 years, for a number of reasons I've never got around to doing it. After a prompt by another Canberra-based hiker who undertook a similar journey last year, as well as the desire to do something just that little bit different, I decided this was the year to put this into practice. So after a couple of months planning, I put together a three-day, 82-kilometre peak bagging trip, taking in the key mountains and hills in the central Canberra region, averaging around about 27 kilometres a day. I ended up developing a route that hit 12 peaks that could be collected in a logical sequence and wasn't camping-based, purely because Canberra's inner areas or suburban areas don't allow camping. In this podcast episode, we bring you a series of recordings from our three-a-day adventure and towards the end of the episode, discuss logistical considerations as well as what we learned along the way. We hope you enjoy. Good morning. It's a good Friday. It's just after 7.30 and we've just started our Canberra summits walk for want of a better term and over the next three days we'll be walking up 11 of Canberra's tallest hills and mountains in the centre of the city. We're not doing all of them, uh, we're just doing the main ones and the ones that made sense putting this route together and it really is a creation of a route. We've done all of these walks, summit walks separately and this is just putting them together. 
Not going to be camping. Uh, we're actually walking home uh, at the end of today, roughly around about 23 kilometres. The next two days, similar sorts of distances, and we'll finish the day and get it, get transport back to home. The, rather than trying to, you know, we really can't camp in the centre of the city. So, uh, but this is a good way of seeing the city. Mount Painter, from my perspective, which is our first walk. I just love this mountain. It's really underrated, but it provides views you just don't seem to get anywhere else in the city. Yeah, you get 360-degree views, and uh, it's it's urban, it's city centre, it's suburban, and it's rural, and uh, all from the one spot. And today, uh, we've got fog in the valley, so the the mountains look as if they're just floating on a sea of fog, so it's really quite beautiful today. Um, I think it'll burn off. Uh, the cloud is pretty uh, minimal today, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, we're going to be doing recordings as we go and taking lots of photos, and we're going to be doing a write-up of this trip as well. So we will progress on down into the fog, uh, heading towards Black Mountain. It's 9.24, we're at the top of Black Mountain, our second summit for today uh, and of the trip. Uh, We've been going for roughly two hours and we've now done uh, seven and a half kilometres or just a tiny bit over. Black Mountain ascent was a bit steep in the last section. And we're actually thinking there's, uh, unlike, say, Mount Ainsley, which has a lot of switchbacks and has a, it's a longer walk but a, a lower grade, this one's almost just straight up with no, uh, uh, no, no easy stops in the last section. Yeah, so it takes a, a bit out of you. Um, so it took, probably took us a little bit more time on that last bit than we would normally take. But, uh, you know, it's uh, we're now back up above uh, the fog, which is... Uh, burning off down below but certainly not completely burnt off and um yeah it's a lovely spot and lots of people out and uh enjoying uh the hillside one thing i hadn't realized only because i hadn't been up here for so long the black mountain tower which was used to be one of the tourist destinations in canberra uh it had a viewing platform that got you up over the trees and provided views over quite a lot of canberra particularly into the central basin area is it's closed for the public at the moment um, and apparently it's under renovation, but um, it's been closed for an, a number of months now. Uh, and as a result, normally you'd expect to see a lot of people up here and a lot of cars. There are a lot of people up here. People come to do touristy stuff and uh, just do their, their morning or their daily walks. Um, but as I said, you just don't tend to realise it is closed. Yeah, well, uh, I think it's been closed for a while, but, um, you know, there's nowhere near the number of people um, that there would otherwise be up here so you know it's quite peaceful one thing that that with the tower closed uh, there's not that many views you can sort of see little bits and pieces of Canberra here and there through the trees but you don't get the panoramic views you do from the viewing platform yeah you certainly don't get the views that we just had at Mount uh, Painter so you know it's quite a different experience much more bushy and um, beautiful and some really lovely eucalyptus trees quite a variety so I I always love it up here. And I must admit I mean I think uh, I've I've talked about this in 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 written articles before the whole concept of peak bagging climbing which is what we're doing on this three-day walk is peak bagging for a lot of people it's it's all about going to the highest mountain but in a lot of cases it's views to the highest mountains are often the better ones and certainly from Mount Painter Mount Painter was probably one I think it is actually the lowest mountain we do on this whole trip 
but um, it's just provided really good views to the tall mountains through the rest of Canberra. So people warned me that the Mount Painter was uh, uh, not as good as it used to be because there's a lot of building happening down below. But for me, I've been up there twice and both times have been spectacular. I just love it as a little mountain. Okay, we are just having a little morning tea break and a rest before we head back down. And from here, we need to cross over through the urban area, uh, through a couple of suburbs, uh, and shift ourselves over onto Mount Majira and then Mount Ainsley, which are our last two peaks for the day. Yeah, so um, looking forward to that. I mean, it's a bit weird that we have to go back partly the way we came, but, you know, uh, I guess that's the... That's the thing about these uh, urban adventures. It's just on 11.15. We're here at the Ainsley shops having come down off Black Mountain, uh, crossed uh, the suburbs, uh, and we're just about to make our way onto the bushland that makes up the Mount Ainsley and Mount Majura reserves. Mount Ainsley and Mount Majura are certainly the two biggest mountains in the central Canberra area before you sort of get out into the Brindabella Mountains and certainly the highest. Uh, but they're, they're, they're not sort of straight up. So with um, uh, Black Mountain, it was uh, some steep ascents and some steep descents, whereas this one, it's a bit more a bit more switchbacks, a bit more uh, uh, unamenable to walkers. Yeah, it is. Um, there is a section at the end uh, towards the summit of Mount Majura that is a bit of a climb, Um uh, but, you know, um, we're, we're doing summit hiking, urban summit hiking, so uh, we've got to expect that we're going to have to go up a bit. So it's a, it is early for lunch, but we just decided while we are here at Ainsley Chops, it just made sense to sort of grab something. So we, uh, we, you know, there's a nice little grassy area with some seating, very busy set of shops, and it always, that always is. There's a, uh, a well-known outdoor, indoor eatery here. There's um, takeaway, there's uh, supermarket. So, you know, there's uh, traffic coming in and out all over the place. And it's a good place just to stop and grab something to eat, uh, even though it is early, uh, before we head on from here. Moving reasonably well, uh, speed-wise. Uh, we've done uh, just over 14 kilometres. And um, we've got around about 8 kilometres according to my GPS route planning that I did but we'll see how that pans out might be a bit more than that uh, but it's going to be roughly around about that sort of distance uh, once we get on to Mount Majura, Mount Ainsley I know those walks really well I do them quite regularly uh, so um, it's a lot more familiarity not having to worry about where we're going or the, the street we have to go up or the direction we have to go know these, these two areas very well Yeah, and it's been really interesting so far it was quite, um, quite funny cr- crossing Northbourne Avenue onto uh, our side of the, the world <laughs> so I described it but really nice, you know we, we, we've done some walks through the suburbs and, you know, we've checked out the gardens and... Uh, uh, some of the the uh, new houses and the renovations that are happening in in the inner city area. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a mix of everything. Okay, I'm just going to finish off our lunch and we're going to head off. It's uh, one twenty-two. Uh, we've been going for just over six hours and then we've done twenty kilometres, and we're on to our third peak, which is Mount Majura. I must admit, it's been a couple of years since I've done Mount Majura as a summit climb, and I'd forgotten how uh, how 
steep and tough it is. Uh, and in all honesty, just thinking forward to the other hills and, and mountains on this trail and what we've done already, this is certainly the hardest one. And I think certainly out of this three-day walk, today is probably the uh, the hardest one uh, because we've got the three biggest mountains into the centre of the city. Yeah, um, it, it's always a, a memory jogger, I think, Mount Majura. Um and that last bit is uh, a bit of a killer. There was a, a fellow who was riding a mountain bike and take my hat off to him. He uh, he had to stop a few times, but he did it um, on the bike. And, uh, you know, it is a little bit of a steep one. But we're here and it's number three. And, yeah, we've got uh, one more to go. And uh, that's a short trip over to Mount Ainsley. And uh, then we're done for the day. Okay, on we go. It's 20 past three. We've just come off the summit of Mount Ainsley and just found somewhere to sit and do a recording. We've been walking for around about eight hours and ten minutes and we've done just on 27 kilometres. So, 38,000 steps according to Fitbit. <laughs> so the route that I planned on my GPS, on the, the, the planning software, was I think around about 23.5 kilometres. Mm-hmm. So we've done an extra five kilometres um, compared to what I was thought we were going to do, hence the longer time. Uh, Mount Ainsley, much easier than Mount Majura, uh, the, although they've put a new set of steps in to improve the trail and the upwards slope where we came up, and if anything, it made it harder. Yeah, uh, I think so. I think so. I think uh, it's probably made it a little bit steeper as well. So we've got around about half an hour to go just to finish off for the trail for the day. Uh, and then home for a, a well-deserved rest before uh, heading off tomorrow for the second day. Yeah, so uh, pretty busy at Mount Ainsley Summit, actually. Uh, I guess it's a holiday weekend, and you'd probably expect that. So, yeah, we found a little bit of a quiet spot and enjoying the view, and then we'll head off. Yeah, I don't think um, I've seen as many tourists up there, as well as locals walking up the mountain, uh, since covid I think everyone's back out and about uh, and travelling around and having a look around. Good morning. It's day two, uh, Easter Saturday, uh, of our Canberra urban adventure. And we've been going for around about uh, 20 minutes uh, and we're just recording as we're walking. So excuse the uh, occasional breathlessness. Another really nice day, and again, this uh, the weekend weather forecast is pretty spectacular. Uh, sort of 22, 23, 24 sort of thing. Uh, no rain, no wind, so it's a really, uh, really nice sort of weather conditions. Mind you, I do prefer the cooler weather, so I'm walking with a t-shirt at the moment. It's probably only around about 11 or 12 degrees, and that's uh, my preference. And in all honesty, I had planned on doing this walk around about May, when the weather was a bit cooler. Uh, I just find once we start getting up to sort of uh, 18 plus, it becomes a bit harder to uh, uh, avoid the heat. Um, today we've got four mountains to do, or four hills. We've got Red Hill, Davison's Hill, Mount Muggamugga, and Mount Taylor. Uh, and I originally had thought we'd do a fifth one, but we'll see how we go. Um, but uh, given that we did five kilometres more than we planned yesterday, it's really interesting. You plan a route on a, a GPS software 
and admittedly I didn't go to exactly to plan uh, and we ended up doing the five kilometres extra so um, it makes a, a bit of a difference. Had a good night's sleep, very early night's sleep. I think we were in bed by 8 o'clock and I was asleep about two, minute, two minutes later. Not much traffic around today, which is really interesting. Yesterday there was quite a bit of traffic around at 7 o'clock. We started again at 7 o'clock this morning um, and there's very little around. Yeah, so it is quite uh, quiet and, um, you know, Tim's got his T-shirt on but uh, I've got a T-shirt and a thin long sleeve over the top so um, from my perspective it's nice and fresh not cold but uh, definitely fresh Um, and we're going to have a lovely another lovely warm day today and uh, we're going to see a little bit more I think a little bit more urban in a in a city suburbs and uh, some very nice hills uh, and views down to the south it's interesting so far. This is uh, this first section of the walk is actually my walk to work, uh, which is normally just under four kilometres each morning. Um, so we're repeating that, uh, but then we go past Parliament House uh, and up onto Red Hill. Haven't done Red Hill for uh, over probably about eighteen months, in all honesty. Uh, so looking forward to seeing what that's like. And it has been interesting the hills we did yesterday. Um, some of them, Black Mountain, as an example was really lush with uh, native vegetation whereas uh, other mountains and hills uh, a lot of weed growth and this is certainly where they've been cleared for for farming uh, for uh, rural areas or in the case of yesterday uh, we had a couple of areas where there are large high high tensile power lines uh, and they've cleaned underneath them but as a result a lot of weed growth so it's going to be interesting to see what happens over winter time once a bit of frost and cold comes in and a lot of the weed growth dries back down. Uh, but potentially there's going to be uh, a lot of fuel for uh, grass fires next season uh, if this continues the way it's going. Talk to you later. It's nine o'clock. Uh, we're at the summit of Red Hill, which is our first summit for the day. We've been going just on, just on two hours. We've been up here for about 10 or 15 minutes, having a break, uh, using the toilet facilities, uh, and just having a look around, taking in the view. One thing that surprised me, the walk so far today has been pretty good. It's virtually identical weather to yesterday, cool but starting to warm up already. Uh, very few people around today, again, which has surprised me. They're, they're, they're certainly here, but not in the numbers that I saw yesterday. Black Mountain Tower yesterday, the tower facility is actually closed. So that is a, that was used to be one of the main tourist destinations in Canberra. And that's at least temporarily closed. And I'm not sure what the long-term plan for that is. The kiosk up at Red Hill, which is an iconic building. In fact, before you could get up the top of Black Mountain and Mount Ainsley easily, this was the main summit to go to to see the city of Canberra. But the actual kiosk and restaurant is also closed, which is not under, not under, which is understandable given COVID over the last couple of years. Um, but it surprised me that it hasn't been reopened, so it looks a bit run down. Needs a lot of work, a lot of maintenance, a lot of maintenance to the landscape, uh, and there's just no one up here. Whereas there used to be cars here all the time. Yeah, we were just talking that um, it's a ACT heritage building, so um, that create some challenges in terms of uh, maintenance and at this stage I suspect restoration um, of the building so maybe that's a bit of a barrier for 
commercial operations. So we're next heading to uh, Davidson's Hill, which is further along the ridgeline from where we are. So we have a, a slight descent before hitting a saddle and then going up to Davidson's, then on to Mount Mugga which we can actually just see from here. So it's uh, we've got three summits relatively close to each other. Our fourth and final summit for the day is Mount Taylor, and that involves a walk through a number of suburbs to get there. So have a bit more of a snack and a break, and we're going to head off. It's 9.38. We're at Davidson's Hill, which is hill number six. And this isn't a huge distance from the summit of Red Hill. In fact, I can see it quite clearly, probably... As the crow flies, it's less than a kilometre away, but walking-wise, it's a bit further than that. Um, this is an interesting hill. It provides better views, I think, as the 360 goes uh, of the Canberra area, but not as good a views as you can get from Red Hill down into the central uh, 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 corporate or government area of Canberra. Uh, this is probably one of the underrated hills in Canberra. Most people, unless you live in this area, tend not to realise it's here or come and do it. But it's well worth doing. Lovely little hill. Yeah, you can get uh, access from either side of the hill in the suburbs. So um, that means it's uh, got a few um, options that are available for everyone. But yeah, it's a great views and uh, another steep climb. Uh, so there's, you know, this idea of the shortest distance between two points is one straight line uphill <laughs> so we've done another bit of a, a, a straight uphill climb but, uh, and, and I guess uh, you know we're carrying light packs but uh, others who are not carrying anything uh, are arriving um, at the trig and, and you know they're, they're looking as tight as we were. <laughs> we're just sitting here on a rock at the moment staring towards Black Mountain so we can see Black Mountain which is where we came from yesterday we can see Mount Painter behind that I uh, can see Mount Majura and Mount Ainsley, so the summits that we did yesterday, and I can still see Red Hill from here. So where we're sitting at the moment, we can see all the hills, and we can see Mount Mugga which is our next summit, uh, and also Mount Taylor, which is the one after that. So this is probably the good central hill where you pick up almost the entire trail we're planning on doing over the three days. Can't quite see down as far as Rob Roy, uh, which is the, the second last peak of the trip, but you can see most of it. Sitting here watching, um, there's a lot of weeds and there's these tall spiky seed heads and there's about 20 or 30 willy wagtails just landing on top of these things um, and chewing on the seeds. It's quite interesting. I haven't, haven't seen that before. So on to our next hill. It's 11.30. Uh, we've been going for four and a half hours and we've done just a tiny bit over 15 kilometres. We're here at our seventh summit, Mount Mugga or at least as close as we can get. I wasn't exactly sure where the high point of Mount Mugga is, but it's just inside the quarry fence, only by about 30 metres. And given it's private property and a quarry, uh, not about to leap a, uh, a two metre high fence to try and get in there just for a good photo shot. So we're as close as we possibly can be. There is no formal trail up here, so what it required us to do is we um, looped around on the Canberra Centenary Trail and then um, followed the quarry fence all the way up and around, because that's actually the best track in most cases. Um, just took us a little while. 
Uh, there is no form track, as I said, but there's a good enough track along the fence line to get us up here. As far as the summit's concerned, very heavily treed, not really much views at all. I can see the Brindabella's just over in the distance to the southwest. Uh, but uh, in all honesty, we're just looking at trees to a great extent. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a lovely spot um, despite that. But yeah, you, you don't climb all this way for the views, that's for sure. Um, coming up wasn't too uh, bad if, as long as, as Tim said, you stuck to the fence line. And uh, yeah, we got, we got as close as we could and we figured that uh, probably the best place to quarry a mountain is right at the top, which is <laughs> clearly what they've done. Okay, we're just going to have a little rest and then we're going to head off towards our eighth mountain which is Mount Taylor. It's 1.13 we've been going for uh, around about six and a quarter hours and we've done 19.7 kilometers so we're at the Morshan shops which is uh, in the suburbs we're crossing to get from Mount Muggamugga to Mount Taylor which is our next summit uh, and probably the biggest one for the day I think. Uh, we've just gone through and had lunch, uh, and we ordered what we thought were basically two mini pizzas, and they ended up being two small to medium pizzas, <laughs> which we we struggled to even even finish half of each. So yeah. um, we'll have to mention the name Almanush a Lebanese Bakery and more. Yeah, I was going to say really cheap food and really good food for what you get. So <laughs> worthwhile stopping. But there's plenty of other eating options here, including supermarket as well. Um, the last walk, again, coming off uh, Mount Muggamugga was fine, back onto the Centenary Trail to a great extent, and as I've said, now we're making our way over towards Mount Taylor, so um, realistically we've probably got about, uh, I'd say probably 45 minutes before we get up to the top of that, maybe an hour, uh, and then we'll see what we do. I had actually planned on doing another summit after that, but I'll see what the timing's like and see what we feel like. Yeah, it's been uh, a good good morning, a mix of um, uh, bush and uh, urban, suburban hiking. And, uh, you know, there was a road that I've been down many times, at least driven down. Um, we had to walk it. I didn't ever realise how long it was, but, you know, <laughs> I think it was because I was waiting for lunch. Um, but... Yeah, so it's really interesting and, and uh, you know, it's a great way to see your own own town. Okay, on we go. Good afternoon. It's just on 2.28. Uh, we have been going for 7 hours and 20 minutes. Uh, we've done 23.7 kilometres and we've just summited Mount Taylor, which is our 8th summit for this walk. Uh, and we've got one more to go today. We weren't quite sure whether we'd do four or five today, uh, but certainly the next one, Mount Waniasa or Waniasa Hills, depending on how you want to look at it, is fairly close by and not very high compared to a lot of the other summits we've done today. I, I was going to say, uh, close by is relative and not very high is relative to. <laughs> it's still a hill. Weather's gotten reasonably warm again. It's or warm, warm by my standards anyway. It's just on 23 degrees. And while that might sound nice, I do prefer the cooler weather. I much prefer it to be 10, 12 degrees. Um, I don't feel the cold at all. 
and it's much easier to, get to walk and walk faster without having to be dealing with the heat. Yeah, I think the other thing is, though, that uh, the places that we seem to be walking through at a particular time in the day are quite sheltered and uh, sun traps, so um, it does feel a lot warmer uh, than that 23 degrees. So we're sitting here probably around about 60 metres off the summit in a, uh, a seat that's in the shade looking over the Tuggerong Valley. And I must admit, we used to live in Tuggerong. In fact, we used to live just down at the base of Mount Taylor where we are. This, this used to be my regular walk, which I'd do three or four times a week. Um, and I haven't actually done it since they've redone the track. So the track's pretty much bitumen all the way up now. Uh, the, the seating is still good. It was always there. Uh, and they've put a bit more signage up here as well. It reflects the number of people that come up here. I think apart from, say, Mount Ainsley, uh, this is probably the most popular walk in Canberra, uh, numbers-wise, because you're getting people from Tuggerong Valley and also from Woden Valley on the other side coming up through here. And it's also a track that can be accessed from not just either side, also from uh, the end as well. So there's a number of tracks that make it easy to access. Yeah, it's, um, it's a great spot and another place to get some great 360-degree views. And uh, the other thing that we've noticed today, um, the ladybugs on Mount Taylor are just abundant. I don't know why. We haven't noticed them elsewhere, but uh, in this particular spot, um, you know, you, you stand still for a couple of seconds and you'll have four sitting on you. There are hundreds of them. We were standing under the trig marker doing some uh, filming and every time you'd move, there'd be a ladybug landing on you. So, Now, what was the comment you made just uh, before we started the recording about, about being being lucky? Oh, just lucky to live in such a beautiful place with so many uh, amazing uh, nature trails and reserves and um, mountains and peaks and hills that you can climb and explore and uh, yeah just just feeling very fortunate and I think even though we uh, we have actually crossed in through some residential areas both yesterday and today we spent a lot of in bushland and in fact uh, when we came off uh, Mount Muggamugga it was you know you just wouldn't realize you're in the city you just couldn't hear any any traffic noise you couldn't see any any uh, residential or commercial areas it was just like you're out bush and that's the, the thing with having these green spaces designed into the middle of the city, uh, which a lot of the cities do, but certainly Canberra in particular. OK, we'll just have a few more minutes rest in the shade and then we'll head off for our last summit. It's day three of our urban peaks walk through the city of Canberra. Uh, we've been going for just on 50 minutes and we're up the, up the top of Mount Waniassa. Originally I had planned on doing this yesterday but I wasn't quite sure exactly how long it would take us. And we did eight and a half hours yesterday and I didn't want to do ten and a half hours. As it was probably... Neither did I. <laughs> no. As it was, it probably, it's probably going to take us um, in total. It would have been an extra uh, hour and 15 so it wouldn't have been as bad but... Uh, just means we have to do this section today. So this is peak number nine. Yeah, and sometimes you don't know that unless you've done the all the peaks independently. Um, one of the things that we weren't sure of was um, how to get across another six-lane um, major road. Um, it turns out that there's a, um, a a walkway under the road, so that works quite well. Um, but yeah, until we got there, we wouldn't have known, and then we were a bit little bit isolated if we couldn't get across. 
Um, feeling reasonably good today. I think sort of doing three days of walking, certainly uh, the, the body wasn't suffering as much as the first day. And I think in all honesty, the first day was the three big peaks, uh, Black Mountain, Mount Ainsley and Mount Madura. Uh, they're certainly the, the tallest peaks in the, the centre of Canberra. So, um, yeah, I think uh, uh, the other ones haven't been as bad, although Mount Taylor wasn't easy yesterday. Um, and we'll see how we go later today. Yeah, so a cool start today. So uh, it was about four degrees uh, this morning. And uh, so that's the coolest morning we've had. And it will be the warmest day. So a big temperature change. Um, Another uh, cloudless sky, stunning views. And uh, yeah, so the photos of this little excursion are going to be pretty impressive. Okay, we're just going to have a snack break, uh, take in the views, uh, and then we'll head on. It's three hours into the trip. We've done 11 kilometres, and time-wise, it's 10.27. So we're just having a break at Colwall Shops, which was really only about a 50-metre detour off the track we were following. Certainly from coming off Mount Waniassa down into the suburbs, across to where we are now, is the biggest residential walk. Uh, We've probably spent about an hour and a quarter, uh, maybe an hour and a half walking through the suburbs. And we've still got a little way to go. So we can see uh, uh, Tugnarong Hill. It's not that far away as the crow flies, but we've just got to make our way around through the houses to get there. And then from there on, it's our last two hills, Hill 11 and 12, uh, which is Mount Rob Roy and Big Monks, which really are part of the same hill, but there's two summits. Yeah, the walk down from Waniasa uh, Hill was really nice. Um, we went towards um, MacArthur Hill, didn't uh, quite make it over there, but um, that was nice. And then, as Tim said, we dropped down into the suburbs. So it's been, and, and it's a warm day, and it's still, and uh, I think some of those suburbs are a bit of a sun trap. So, you know, it's been a bit of a hard uh, slog on hard services, but uh, hopefully we'll uh, make it through the very steep. Um, suburb <laughs> I think we'd, we'll, by the time we get to the, the base of the hill uh, we'll be halfway up the hill <laughs> but anyway um, that's, that's the way it goes but yeah it's a, another lovely day and um, Tim did say that we've got uh, 10, 11 and 12 to go um, I did think that we were only going to do 11 on this 3 day uh, adventure but it turns out apparently there are 12 peaks <laughs> thanks Tim <laughs> I think that's the thing with doing what we're doing doing an urban hike which is very much a choose your own adventure you can choose to stop and start where you where you want to we've been directly past or through a number of shops which have also included a number of toilet facilities we've been within sort of 500 meters of a number of other shops so it's uh, you can really do what you want to do and, and, and take the route you want to suit your needs. Uh, so it's um, I've been to areas this morning, so Waniasa Hill is an example we'd never done before, and I'm looking forward uh, to going back and doing that as a standalone walk. So, um, you know, learning a lot about a city I've lived in most of my life and going to areas that I've never actually been to or from directions I've never actually gone to to get there. Okay, finish our break and off we go. It's 11.43, we're just at the summit of Tugnarong Hill. We've been going for 4 hours and 20 minutes and we've done 14.4 kilometres. 
So going well, uh, the heat's starting to be <laughs> get there. I mean, it's it's by no means hot. I think the forecast for today is 24 degrees. But when you're walking up and down hills, you certainly notice that heat. As we summited Tuggerong Hill this time, we did so from a different direction than we have done previously. In our write-up on the website, we've got the traditional or the standard way, if you like. We ended up coming up from the other direction. Uh, and as a result, we had a very steep climb for the last three or 400 metres, virtually straight up the side of the hill. On a, It is a worn track, but it's not a heavily used track by the look of it. Yeah, so this is the second peak for today, and um, there's quite a bit of distance uh, between the first and second peak for today. So we've uh, circumvented or circumnavigated the suburbs, we've cut through the middle, we've gone through bushland and uh, nature reserve and parks, and uh, these two are probably, you know, quite far apart and perhaps... Uh, biggest distance apart so far um, but yeah quite pleasant um, surprising up here on Tuggernong Hill lots of weed growth so we haven't seen it like this uh, previously so that's been a bit of a theme I guess but not as bad as what we're seeing here. The views are very good though you've got views back towards Tuggerong and the Brindabellas and views over towards the city so you're seeing all most of the hills on the, the route we've previously done so we can certainly see Black Mountain, Mount Painter, Mount Ainsley uh, and uh, Mount Muggamugga, but the Mount Majura is hidden behind Mount Ainsley. Uh, so again, nice views, the weather's been really good uh, and now we've got views towards Rob Roy and Big Monks and that's where we're heading to next. Okay, lunchtime and on we go. It's 2.59, day three of our urban hiking adventure. Uh, today we've done so far 22.6 kilometres, which this puts us on just on 80 kilometres for the three days, and we've still got roughly about five kilometres to go to get back to the end of the trip. This was a hard one to finish on. Um, the Rob Roy, which is where we are at the moment, which is peak 11. Yay, um, peak 11. <laughs> Uh, we've got one more left to do, which is Big Monks. And Big Monks we could have either done on the way up or on the way down. Uh, we just decided to do it on the way down. It's just closer to home. and Psychologically, I think hopefully it will be easier. I yeah, know. and it is. I mean, it's a short uphill climb compared to what we had to get to this one. But most of the actual hard work tends to be getting up to the saddle that splits you off heading towards Rob Roy or Big Monk. And while there are uphill bits on this uh, this section of we did, it's certainly nowhere near as bad as that first section. Um, reasonably warm, uh, and this is where it's uh, something I find really interesting. Jill and I have done this walk. Uh, we've done Big Monks, Monks by itself, and then we've done Rob Roy and Big Monks together as a walk. And from my perspective, I thought there was more growth in the trees. There were less views. Uh, and I found that you know I knew where the open bits were, but they just didn't seem to be as open. Whereas Jill, yeah, I thought <laughs> I had a different view. I thought it was much more open than I remember it. So um, possibly the reality is somewhere in between. So we're just having a short rest. It's in the shade. I mean, it, this is a a funny uh, summit. If you've never walked to Rob Roy before, it's. It's not clearly signposted. You've got to know what you've looking, you're looking for. 
you get to what you think is a peak on the road and then you go downhill around about 100 metres before you get the the unsignposted, very tiny trail just off to the left up to a very old uh, trig, trig point uh, on top of the uh, this hill. Yeah, and there, there are lots of um, rocks when you get closer, so it's, it's not a clear summit as such. Um, you know, lo- lots of uh, rocks to clamber over, and I have to say the lamander up here is just lovely. It's very abundant, and, uh, you know, in the right time of the year, it would be very nice to see in flower. The other thing with this summit as well is it's a bit like Mugga Mugga. Uh, no views. Uh, there is it's solid tree growth pretty much, I'm guessing, until right at the summit where they must have cleared to put the trig point in. Uh, and I must admit, there is, is a lot of rocks here, so that's going to limit the tree growth. Um, but, yeah, you really can't see. You can see gaps of light through to the mountains, through the trees, but there's no clear view. And you'll see that in the images in the write-up and the videos we'll post on social media as well. Okay, going to have a short rest and then head back down again. It's four o'clock and we've just done our 12th summit and final summit, Big Bunks. So we have been a total of roughly 25.7 kilometres today and we've still got probably around about 40 minutes to go to get us back down to the start of the uh, this particular walk and the finish of our three-day walk. Yeah, so... Um as usual, we went up to Big Monks and we got blown away, so we've had to find a little um, sheltered spot up there to um, uh, do this recording. But uh, just amazing views, and um, yeah, it's, it never disappoints, that, that one. So we've been going for roughly about nine hours today, so by the time we finish, it'll probably be about nine and a half hours, so the longest of the three days. Um, and probably will be close on the longest distance wise maybe just that first day was our longest day so far and probably our hardest because of the the changes in altitude but uh, this walk was certainly tough as well so back down uh, the wind's getting up a bit which is nice bit of cool breeze we're going down hills so it's a bit easier so looking forward to a good rest and a good dinner tonight yeah, I think we have one more hill to go. It's not a big hill, but it's not all downhill. <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you soon once we finish. It's 4.57 on day three of our urban adventure. We have finished um, and done just on 82 kilometres for the three days. Um, probably more than I thought, but uh, I had a couple of different mapping systems I was using that ended up with different uh, distances. Uh, but also I changed direction and, and did uh, some different directions as we went. So that's it for this trip. Um, in our next segments, John and I will talk about how we went, how we found it, uh, things we would have done to make it different, make it better, uh, and make some recommendations on how you can do your own urban adventure as well. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's always good when it's when it's over and when it's finished. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling, uh, uh, you know, quite uh, quite pleased. Uh, I, it did feel uh, eighty odd kilometres, let me tell you, um, and twelve peaks. So um, that that uh, wasn't uh, diminished through the experience. But it was it was good to do. And I think what it says is that there are all sorts of opportunities and. Uh, we'll talk a bit about those when uh, we do our wrap-up. 
So that was a series of recordings from our three-day urban choose-your-own-adventure and through the uh, the city of Canberra. Uh, and as mentioned, we've been this has been something that I've been planning for a number of years, but just never got around to. And it took a prompt from uh, one of our listeners uh, who'd done something similar last year just to remind me that it was still there. As mentioned, um, I was supposed to be doing the, or we were supposed to be doing the human hovel track, finishing off the last 116 kilometres of our trip that we still haven't have yet to complete. Uh, and due to just the sheer number of people that are out and about over Easter camping and hiking uh, in school holidays as well, uh, I've just had to swap these two trips around. So over the three days, we travelled a total of 81.6 kilometres, uh, that included 12 peaks, um, and uh, on day one, 28.79 kilometres. On day two, 27.3 kilometres, and then on day three, 28.39 kilometres. Now, in all honesty, one of the things that was a, a bit confusing, if you like, is I sat down and planned this on GPS software, uh, and ended up with approximately around about 69 and a half kilometres. So it ended up being quite a bit different. You know, there was virtually uh, 12-odd kilometres extra. And partly that was, I think, not so much a, a, an issue with the GPS software, but it was more an issue of when I went through and drew the the route over the map, over the landscape, um, I used what information I had uh, and that didn't necessarily pan out in reality. So on day one, I was planning on coming down the nose of Mount Pater and almost going in a straight line across to Mount, to Black Mountain, and that wasn't possible for a couple of reasons. One, uh, there was fairly heavy grass growth and weed growth, and I was preferring not to um, walk through thick uh, grass that I couldn't see what was there. And also we had the very heavy fog as well, so it was just almost impossible to see where we were going. Yeah, so uh, we were hoping to stand at the peak and and look down at that particular trail. It wasn't the main trail. And uh, essentially sort of pick our route and then guide ourselves along. But uh, we couldn't even see her any kind of route, none of the trails, <laughs> in fact, uh, because of that heavy fog. Day two was also an issue for us where I had to do a um, a bit of a detour, if you like. And this was coming off uh, uh, Davidson Hill where we could have actually gone almost in a straight line over towards Mount Muggamugga, uh, but that would have required crossing a high marsh drive, which was basically two groups of three lanes going each direction with a wide grass verge in the middle. Uh, now, we would have been okay to do that on the day we did it, but on other days when the traffic is really bad, if it's peak hour, morning or afternoon, or a really busy, busy normal weekend, that wouldn't have been possible. So instead, we decided to opt for the safe option and come out to the road as far as we could, go downhill around about a kilometre, cross at a set of traffic lights, and then come back up again uh, before connecting back onto where we thought we should be. So that, again, added a couple of extra kilometres. So there are a number of those sort of examples throughout the day over the three days where we just found that you know, adding little bits of additional distances here and there basically added a, a total of around about 12 kilometres extra on what we were planning. Yeah, and, 
You know, I think what we were trying to do was, um, you know, be safe and uh, be conscious of the traffic and that's probably one of the things that um, you don't have to think about when you're doing normal hiking. Um, but, uh, you know, the intended route versus the reality, I guess that's always always the case when you're making uh, your own trail. Of the three days, certainly for us, the, the hardest by far was day one. Uh, and it, it was actually the longest distance, not by much, uh, but we ended up having Mount Painter, which was not a difficult mountain by any means, but we then had Black Mountain, Mount Majura and Mount Ainsley, which combined were much bigger and we had much bigger ascents and descents. So physically it was the first day, which is always a, uh, a hard day, uh, and then combined with just the sheer ascents and descents, uh, I certainly felt it that night and the next day and started the next day. <laughs> I felt it every day, Tim. <laughs> Having said that, though, you know the last uh, the last day uh, the mountains were actually higher, uh, but we didn't have a as big a an ascent and descent uh, in total uh, because the you know the mountains, Black Mountain and Mount Ainsley in particular, look physically big mountains within the landscape. But certainly the other ones tend to, because you're starting uh, higher up, you're not starting from a lower sort of ascent, it makes things a bit easier. Um, I think for me this was the longest series of days I've done in quite a while, um, <clears throat> certainly since probably, um, uh, I think probably around about eight or nine months, uh, and it was a bit warmer as well, which certainly the heat tends to knock me around a bit. And when I say warm, 22 to 24 degrees is not hot by any means, uh, but I tend to thrive a bit better in the cooler weather. Uh, and if I've got an option, uh, 12 degrees, 13 degrees is probably my ideal sort of temperature. Uh, on the third day, which was the coldest day, starting at around about 5 degrees and getting to 24 at the hottest, uh, I, you know, I was wearing a T-shirt to start with where Jill had a, an extra layer on top of that. Yeah, yeah. So I think... The other thing about the uh, temperature was that we we tended to be hiking in very sheltered spots, so very sunny, very sheltered spots, uh, which intensified the heat a little bit. Um, you know, lots of sun traps, um, northern sun and so on. And, uh, yeah, I think that probably changed the, the temperature for us in the particular spots we were at. The other thing that was certainly noticeable to me, I mean, with, with the exception of Mount Waniasa and Mount Magamaga, we'd summited all the rest of these hills, so we were reasonably prepared for what we came across. But there are a couple of differences that were a bit of a surprise to us. We've had a lot of rain over the last 12 months, and it's been fairly consistent rain. So there's a lot of, a lot of the undergrowth has grown. And in the case of uh, Black Mountain, that undergrowth is native vegetation and it's a spectacular landscape, it really is. But a lot of the other mountains, because they were either denuded from a farming practice um, or they were logged, to, you know, so there was basically just barren hills many, many years ago, they have now got a lot of weedy regrowth. So a good example here was uh, Mount uh, Tugnerong, uh, where the last time we went up there was, it was, green growth and weed, but it was only sort of 30 centimetres high where when we were up there, the growth was anything up to, uh, you know, one to 1.2 metres worth of weed growth in a lot of the areas. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. That must, I must admit, uh, Tuggeranong Hill did uh, surprise me quite a bit in that in that regard because it was quite different, um, different time of the year, but um, also quite different from what we'd experienced. The other thing we found with these mountains as well is, in some cases, we came across them from different directions. So Mount Tuggeranong, we came up what is classed as the main trail, which is essentially up the uh, management road. Uh, which provides access to the telecommunications facilities up the top. Uh, for us, we came through side-on, uh, so we came past the the water towers, uh, the water ta- large water tanks. Uh, so we got to the stage where we're about two thirds of the way up, and there was just a steep slope. <laughs> there was a worn trail there, so people are using it quite regularly. But it wasn't. There were no switchbacks, so it was just steep all the way up. Yeah, it was a little bit like a goat track, I think, and uh, we had. We had more than a few stops uh, to catch our breath and continue on. Uh, it wasn't long, uh, but it was quite st- steep, and uh, a couple of times I did need to yeah, use my hands a bit. It was that steep. We also chose to um, – I'd originally planned to do a different route up Mount Rod- Rob Roy. Uh, I was planning on coming fairly close off Mount Tuggeranong, uh, virtually going up to the series of ridges and ranges that, that joined in with Mount Rob Roy and following along the ridges to the summit. Uh, and instead, we just decided we were going to walk along to the start of the traditional trailhead, which is near the top of the, the road near the, the large water tank. Uh, and again, it was just purely, we just decided on the day uh, we could have gone either way. I think the, the route we chose was shorter but I think it was also more physically demanding because there's a very steep slope and, in fact, they've got a little warning sign at the start of the walk saying uh, vehicles must be in four-wheel drive. I mean, there's no way a two-wheel drive vehicle could physically get up that hill. Yeah, and uh, walkers and cyclists uh, take care. So uh, the thing about that route that we took uh, to that trailhead, uh, we'd forgotten that there was uh, essentially a large causeway in the middle of the suburb um, and we needed to go around that. So um, I, I'm not sure whether it would have been better to go the other route and uh, can't come in uh, a different direction and then back down into the trailhead or um, start at the trailhead and go up and back down. Um, but anyway, you know, I, I, get, I guess you uh, can think about these things for next time. Though I did say I don't think it'll be – it will be – a long time before I do Rob Roy again, let me tell you. <laughs> now, facilities-wise, um, we one of the things when you're going through and doing an urban walk, and we'll talk, talk more about that specifically in a moment, is you, know, you can't just disappear behind a bush and go to the toilet uh, because you're going to be doing it in someone's backyard in a lot of cases. Or, or in view of someone's in backyard. In view of someone's <laughs> backyard. We did have quite a lot of bush walking. Uh, we went through Nature Reserve and that was one of the advantages of uh, for the Canberra landscape where there are built-in green buffers and ridges throughout. So you are, are actually walking in a lot of cases through those uh, that, vegeta- uh, that green vegetation. Uh, but you do need to sort of plan for things like toilets, water and food. So there were um, some toilet facilities, public toilet facilities along the way, but we also had long sections where if we needed to go to the toilet, it was use go behind a bush and use the bush, and that was about it. Water-wise is also the same. There were a couple of natural water sources there. I certainly would have wanted to filter them before we are going to use that. Uh, but in most cases, I was carrying two and a half litres of water a day, 
uh, usually stop off at a shop for morning tea or lunchtime and grab something additional to drink there. But the water, with the way the temperature was, that two and a half litres was fine. And for me, certainly, if the temperature's around about that 20 to early to low 20s, I work on about a litre every 10 kilometres, and that works out quite well. The other thing is also food. Uh, do you bring all your food with you? And certainly we brought all our snacks with us. Uh, but on day one, we stopped in a Langley shop, and I went and bought some cheese and biscuits for lunch, uh, an ice cream and a bottle of, uh, of soft drink. Uh, day two, we stopped in at Mawson. Uh, lots of choices there, including a supermarket, lots of takeaways. We went into a, uh, one of the Turkish takeaways in there, or Middle Eastern takeaways, and ordered what I thought was a reasonable amount of food for the two of us, uh, and ended up ordering way too much food. Really nice food and uh, really uh, uh, enjoyable, but it would have done four people quite comfortably. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, um, yeah, a, a, a $10 uh, flatbread with um, hummus and lots of vegetables and uh, falafel, would have easily have done to probably three people, I think. But uh, anyway, we bought two. <laughs> and then on day three, we had a stop at morning tea. So we just went into the supermarket and again, bought a drink and some biscuits. Um, uh, and uh, we just had snacks for lunch as we went through rather than having a formal sort of lunch. So again, there were a number of shops that we walked directly past or through. Uh, and there were probably an equal number, another four or five or six, that if we had have gone off trail five or 600 metres, we would have come across those as well. I would say, though, if you've got particular dietary needs or there's particular food you like to eat, I do think you're probably better off um, bringing it with you. You know, some of the choices were, let me just say, quite variable, and, you know, you might not have wanted or... If again, if you had dietary considerations, you might not have been able to um, eat in those places. Now, what would we have done differently? Uh, now, first up, I think I did mention on some of the social media this was eleven peaks. It was actually twelve. And yeah, I, thanks. And I, and I had actually planned twelve, but for some reason, he just didn't uh, tell I, me. <laughs> I had 11, 11 peaks in my mind. Uh, I knew exactly what they were, but I just couldn't add up. So, certainly, the peaks we picked were all good. Uh, I wouldn't have actually skipped any out. And I think the route that we chose was certainly the best way to go. You know, I just wanted to get a continual trail uh, rather than just doing three separate trails that were no, were no way linked. But, you know, you can do it in um, different ways. You can do uh, loops on each day. You could, you know, you could do it in reverse. You, there were all sorts of things that we could have done. The direction suited us and made sense for us. Now, we were averaging 27 kilometres a day. It would have been very easy to split that. Instead of doing it in three days, could have very easily done it in six days uh, and just do two peaks a day rather than four peaks a day, which is what we did. So there's nothing saying that you have to do the big distances that we chose to do. It really depends on what your fitness is and how big a challenge you want to set yourself. The one thing I would say here is I wouldn't do this walk in the middle of summer. That would be a harsh thing to do. Yeah, I was going to say I wouldn't do those long days in the middle of summer um, and some of the walking through the suburbs in the middle of summer would have been pretty hard work. We're really from sort of the, that mid-April through to probably even uh, late September is probably the time that I'd be looking at doing this sort of walk, particularly in this climate anyway. Just to finish off through here, as we said, this is an urban hike and from my perspective, one of the things that 
urban hikes do because they, they're not really big in Australia. They tend to be something that's only really taking off uh, to any great extent in the US uh, uh, over the last few years. So we'll, we'll be, we'll be a, a bit behind bringing that on board. But the, the ability to urban hike was you don't actually have to travel anywhere to go hiking. So in this case here, we got an Uber to our starting point on day one. Day two, we walked out our door. Uh, day three, we got an Uber back to where uh, we finished off on day two. Um, uh, it could have very been, been a, a, a partner or a family member dropping off, depending on, on what was available. Yeah, and I think, you know, depending on where you live, um, you could have done public transport or if you were doing it with a group of friends, uh, you, you could have dropped a car, driven to another spot and then walked back and gone and collected the car. So there are all sorts of different ways you could do it. Um, and I think, you know, you, the advantage for me was just the opportunity to, to look around and look more closely at, um, you know, things that you probably didn't notice very much. Yeah, and I think while I've pro- I think I've driven through just about every suburb, at least all the older suburbs in Canberra. Um, but there were suburbs when you walk them, you see things differently. And again, there was so much we noticed walking through these suburbs that we had just have never seen before. Yeah, there's a bit of a trend for uh, probably eighties, nineties houses brick houses to be uh, painted. So that's kind of the thing or rendered. That's the uh, renovation thing that's happening at the moment that we noticed as we were walking through the suburbs. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's the thing with urban hiking. You, know, you, you, you can do this including bush and parkland or you can just do it th- th- purely through residential area uh, and it really depends on what your city has on offer and what ability is there for you. Uh, but certainly uh, for us, as, as I mentioned at the start of the hike, I wanted a three-day hike. I wanted to try and hit the, the main peaks in Canberra. We potentially could have kept on going and added another couple of days and done more peaks, but we really did hit the majority of the major peaks through the centre of the city. And from there, we really would have had to have picked lesser-known peaks. And it would have become a bit more complex having to crisscross back and forward across the city to try and pick them up. Now, having said that, there are a couple that we stumbled upon that uh, we'll go and explore. Uh, Waniasa Hill was one of the ones that we hadn't been to before, and there's another one just nearby that we might uh, go and have a look at that we didn't get to. Now, this also brings out the concept of choose your own adventure, and I think this is the thing. We so readily do designated trails that are set up by the state or territory park services or environment services, but there's nothing stopping you from generating your own adventure and choosing your own adventure. And as I said, for us, normally we're not into peak bagging, you know, which is the which is the concept of hitting as many peaks or hitting peaks uh, as as a as a uh, uh, as a goal of the walk. But in this case, this very much was a peak bagging trip. Uh, and as I said, we we managed to do two peaks that we hadn't done before, uh, including one which is actually a designated walk, but we just for some reason just missed off our list. So that'll be one we'll do over the next week or two. So as a final comment overall, think outside the box is what it comes down to. Um, if you don't if you don't have a lot of time, if you don't have uh, friends that you can go hiking with. Uh, and you, and you, you you don't feel comfortable going bush by yourself. 
walking through the suburbs and even through the uh, the green space within the city provides that bit of extra surety. Uh, you're not far from home in a lot of cases, uh, and it gives you the versatility that you may not pick up uh, without having to leave the city. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things that Tim said uh, for us was, you know, it's great that I think almost everybody in Australia is on the move and we weren't able to be, but we wanted to do something. So uh, we got to come home at the end of the day and uh, reward ourselves with some nice food and and have a shower and sleep in our own bed. So, you know, there's something to be said about that. Okay, that's all for this week's episode. We hope you've enjoyed this urban choose-your-own-adventure hike. Uh, now, this was done in this our home city of Canberra, but there's nothing stopping you wherever you happen to be based seeing what's available in your own city. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.